You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P- please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. All right, welcome back to the boys of 161st Street, our weekly Action Network episode coming to you live, actually not live, I meant to say live during the um, Yankees and Rays game. Um, hopefully they can pull through, but we'll, that's for a different conversation. We'll, we'll see how that goes and we'll let you know how that goes on, uh, on Thursday. But for our Action Network episode, we're joined by Chandler as always, and then Colin from the Action Network. How we got, how we doing, guys? Good. How you guys doing? Uh, I'm doing a lot better than I was yesterday, and that's that's a plus. Yeah, if you didn't know, if you don't know what happened to Chandler the other day, go back listen to our our last episode. He had a he had a tough run in with um, his car and some person in a parking lot. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got uh, just for you, Colin, and a quick little synopsis, a quick little recap for not synopsis, but a quick little recap. Cliff for notes, the cliff the, notes, the cliff notes. Yeah, I just got my car was parked. I got speared by some like drunk old lady and she told the cop it was my fault so i had a i had a long day yikes <laughs> it's okay though because i'm gonna make some free money today with our with you that's what we <laughs> have you here for give, We're me gonna try. give me some futures give me something yeah and that way i can pay for all the damage to my car and hers exactly it's my fault yeah colin, colin will be giving his locks and his picks later today so if you want to make money like chandler um, stick around and he'll be giving those out at the end of the episode. But um, things have been, I don't want to say things have been heating up because I feel like I'm just getting fa- like false hope when all these rumors happen with the trade. Like we, we, we dealt with it with, um, what was it, Luis Gill on the the Yankees and the farm system. He came out of the game for, or his, his start was scratched and we all thought oh, yeah, this big Medina. trade was coming. Oh, Luis Medina. Yeah, Luis Medina had his uh, start scratch. We were all just like, oh, my God, this big trade's coming. Let's all get ready, right? And then Trey Turner today. Trey Turner came out of the game. Twitter just blew up. Everyone was like, oh, my God, hug watch, hug watch, hug watch. Give me this huge trade about to go down. Okay. And <laughs> there would be zero hugs with that one. And that no would be hug. different kind of hug watch. Yeah, that's the that's the hug watch where you want to stay away because he has COVID now. So that's uh, another false hope of a trade. So I feel like baseball fans all around just waiting for something to happen. Um, I, I feel like, you know, I, I, I'm at this point where I want to see some action. I honestly don't care if it's the Yankees or not. I just want to see some big trade go down. Obviously, I hope I hope it's the Yankees, but at this point, I'm just like, let's see some shit happen. Let's get this thing going. I don't know about how you guys are feeling. No, yeah. I just... I want to see something happen as long as it's not that tweet that I saw earlier. That was the eight teams that are involved in Scherzer 
which are like the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, the Rays, the Mets, the Astros. Basically, everybody that could put a dagger in our throat is in on Scherzer. And to boot, the last little note was the wide belief is that Scherzer would decline a trade to the Yankees. So great news for us. Snaps all around. Go Yankees. It really sounds like it's going to end up being a bidding war between the NL West teams. That's what I keep reading. Between Padres, Dodgers, Giants, for Scherzer. Yeah. Um, We came out with these value rankings. Sean Zerillo, our lead MLB analyst, came out with these these value rankings that essentially in a vacuum determine how much value every, not every, a majority of the players who are rumored to be traded this week could add to their team. Now, this is an inexact science. You can read about it on actionnetwork.com. But it's like I said, it's an inexact science because if you're adding Scherzer to, say you're adding Scherzer to the Dodgers rotation, that obviously they have a lot of talent already. You're adding X amount of innings pitched to the Dodgers roster for the rest of the season and subtracting innings pitched from, I don't know, Tony Gonsolin or something. Mm -hmm. But in a vacuum, we can still project how much these guys add. And of all of the players we did and we did, 25 hitters and about 15 pitchers. Scherzer, it will surprise nobody, has the highest average wins above replacement added to any contender he would get traded to at 1.83 over the course of, you know, two months and a week, essentially. So, so. on these charts, do you factor in the, like potential teams and stuff? Because, you know, you see all the tweets which come from the offshore betting markets, whatever. Do whatever you want with those lines. But, you know, do those numbers factor in any of that? Like what team it could be or are they just pure averages? These are pure averages. Um, We, I mean, we could do them for every player to every team. That would just take it would, forever. It would take forever for, and you know, 99.9% of those trades aren't going to actually happen. So what we end up doing, and I would suggest tuning in throughout the rest of the week is we on the fly are, are updating these projections as they happen. You can go back and look at the, the Nelson Cruz and Adam Fraser trades that have already happened. And um, our news team with, with Sean Zerillo and, and BJ will be, uh, adding into this as well, go in and say, this player has added X amount of projected wins to this team for the rest of the season. And that's what we're, we're going to be all over it all deadline long because, you know, as, as you guys have learned talking to me, we're all over the futures market. And if a, a team of, acquires a player that's going to change their future odds. We want to know about it ASAP and be able to react before the market catches up. Yeah. So I have a question for you. I asked it to BJ, but I want your opinion too, as the, as the futures guy. So the last I saw the Yankees were plus plus one thirty five to make the playoffs, which a huge step down from the minus a thousand they were to start the season. Do you think that's a sucker's bet? Or do you think that there's actual value on plus one thirty five? I don't see a lot of value because, you know, as we've talked about time and time again, the Yankees are such a public team that their odds just haven't grown enough to find value in a team that is how many games out of a playoff spot are they right now? Three and a half half. in the second wild card. Three and a half. You know, I'd like to see that number grow a little closer to 200 before I'm going to take a stab at it. It's, It's funny that you 
you bring up the, uh, I mean, the Yankees at plus 135, because I've been looking at those to make a playoff odds. And I'm trying to find it right now as we talk. The team that I was more intrigued by was the Blue Jays, actually, who are a couple games. They're one game behind the Yankees entering play today. So mm-hmm. four and a half out of a playoff spot. And you see their odds of making the playoffs at plus 265 because, again, they're not a public team. People don't believe that they're going to rebound in a way the Yankees do. So if you a good point. don't think the Yankees have value at plus 135, you had a team one game back with maybe the most dynamic offense in baseball. It was also rumored in the Scherzer stuff. So yeah. In the Scherzer if, stuff. Obviously, that would have to be a – Yeah, I mean, that would have to be a perfect world for – you know, you to hop on it now, and then they cha- trade for Scherzer, or they trade for Barrios, or both, because who knows? The Blue Jays are actually young and exciting, and do exciting things. So obviously, those lines, I imagine, would come crashing to back down to earth, probably somewhere around that plus one thirty-five that the Yankees are at, if they were to go out and get an, a true ace like Scherzer. I would assume, at least. I have no idea, but yeah, I'm not gonna make a bet under the assumption that a team is going to make a trade because the trade market is too. Oh yeah. No. That's if what I'm saying. In a perfect world yeah, though, that would, yeah, in a perfect world, in a perfect world, you, you see the trade happen and you have your app open or whatever. And you just jump yeah. on that before the market takes it down. But the books are really, really quick with those things. I've seen some too, where they actually take people's bets away. Like yes. I feel like the, that happened to me. I was quick on like a CC Sabathia start like three years ago, and I locked it like right before some news broke, and then they took my bet down. I was pretty sad, but that that's some like that's some Robin Hood shit right there. It is, dude. Like stopping yeah. trading or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So 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 like when we when we look at the trades that are we hope are happening, right? We talked about Trevor Story. You know, you got guys like Joey Gallo. Um, Scherzer, um, you know, Mar- the both of the Martes, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, like some pretty big names that could potentially get dealt in this coming week. How how much how much do you think that affects the the futures lines for making the playoffs and World Series? And is that enough? Is that enough of an incentive to change the line? And I guess like, do, is there any like history about that? Like big trades happen and then the line shifts or whatever making the playoffs. I couldn't speak to the history of lines, but I do know that we're reacting to this as best we can because I feel like we are positioned in a way to be able to to give these projections in a way that pretty much nobody else is. But unlike most sports, no single trade in baseball is going to change a team's odds that drastically because it's such a team sport. It's not like you know, the NBA where a single trade can change the entire outlook of a franchise. You know, you have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani on the Angels and they go 81 and 81 every year. It's not the best. The best guys aren't going to change it that much. That's why if you look at those projections, it's like Max Scherzer, one of the five best pitchers on the planet right now, still multiple times Cy Young winner, all-star game starter, etc. Even he's only adding a projected 1.8 war the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, so I don't think you'll see the markets react drastically, um, but you will see them react. And, and 
the goal is to make money and the goal is to get the best return on investment you can. So that's still something that gamblers care about. Yeah. So like, I know sometimes in football or something like the Aaron Rodgers like saga that's been going on, you've kind of seen the line fluctuate, stuff like that. Is that something you can expect? You know, you say it'll take a dip, the market will react, but will it eventually kind of stabilize itself back at what it truly is? Or is it not as volatile as something like that? It's not nearly as volatile. I mean, you're right about the Rodgers. I'm a Packers fan. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, There you go. So you know firsthand. uh, And you saw their their Super Bowl odds actually went to Mm -hmm. 28 to 1 when they thought he was going to retire and then were cut in half to 14 to 1 when it came that he was going to come back. Yeah, it's insane. Nothing like that happens in baseball ever. They will course correct because what you're going to see if Max Scherzer gets traded immediately as soon as they can, all of these books are going to take all Nationals futures off the board and all of the acquiring team's futures off the board. Nationals futures aren't as relevant, of course, because they're not going anywhere anyway. Um, And then they're going to come out with their new number. And then if there are any sharps out there, they're immediately going to hammer it if they find value. These guys are, are, are smarter than you or I. There's, you know, I work with a few sharks. Uh, they're they're going to hammer it. Yes. And, and the books are going to see thousands of dollars come in one direction. They're going to say, all right, we need to course correct it. And they, and it, event, it eventually will, will even out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jenna, what was your, you, off air, we we're talking about this, but what was your, your question about Trevor story and his impact? Let's talk about the war. Oh, I was just going to say if there was, you know, Trevor Story's kind of been the hottest name around the Yankees um, just for the last, I don't even know, week. They've made an official offer. It seems like there's at least a little smoke there. I don't expect anything to happen. But if the Yankees were to get Trevor Story, would that, because me personally, and we talked about it yesterday on the episode. I don't think that adding Trevor Story makes this a World Series contender. Is there any indication from a betting standpoint that, that you know, adding one piece like Trevor Story could change the uh, World Series outlook for the Yankees? So well, I kind of fumbled through that. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I it, it it kind of similar to the last answer I gave, where where the it, the answer is no, it's not going to change it drastically but a lot of how you feel about this is just going to depend on how you feel about who he's going to take playing time away from which you know you i assume is glaber torres um or well, rugnet odor i guess yeah odor so again you're talking about two months two months in a week approximately um but you also could be talking about the difference in the game of a game or two. You know, if the Yankees don't trade for Trevor Story and fall one game short of the playoffs, you can earnestly say if they had traded for Trevor Story, that might have put them over the top. But sure. we can't we can't predict these kind of things. Are the Yankees scoring runs behind you on that TV? Because I have the under on that. Game. They are. <laughs> well, don't worry. It's the fifth inning. Went, it's the fifth inning. Yeah, they went one. It's one, only one nothing with four strikeout or. Yeah, no, 0 for 5 with four strikeouts and a double play with uh, runners in score position. In the All first right, well, let's keep it one to nothing final right there. I, that was my <laughs> I, mean. five. I was just looking at the TV over your shoulder and I saw someone. What's, <laughs> what's the under for tonight? Seven and a half. It was low. Uh, it'll be fine. It'll be Dude, fine. That's ballsy for us to take that. 
Yeah, it was kind of a contrarian pick. I feel like the public was fading the was hammering the over there with Montgomery yeah. against uh, McClanahan. So it was a contrarian pick. Let's hope it works out. Yeah. Um, but again, these these things are are really tough to predict. Um, but when you're talking about the difference in just a game or two in such tight pennant races, those things the short answer to your question is yes, it can be enough to put them over the top, but a lot of things have to go right in their favor as yeah. well than just Trevor story getting acquired and mashing. Yeah. I feel like too, I think with the Yankees particularly and like other teams that have a, like an analytically focused kind of approach to making these lineups. Um, you know, that's a generous way to put it. Uh, generous approach approach of saying that it's a stupid way of making lineups is that uh, it's a generous <laughs> way of saying that a fucking computer prints their lineup every day and Aaron Boone is useless but yeah that is basically what I'm saying but I'm trying to sound smart here Chandler god damn it I don't, I don't have these moments very often okay Dude, um, yeah, take it away I apologize for interrupting your Einstein moment uh, whatever it's all over now but anyway what I'm trying to say was like you know it's not we have a different second baseman and first baseman I feel like every fucking day and you know, I don't know how much that really affects. Um, again, I know you mentioned these kind of like war project- projections for the rest of the season are, are kind of broad anyway. So I can't imagine that this kind of like how that specific team would construct a lineup would go into those numbers in any way. But um, I don't know. I feel like Trevor Story is a guy like he, you know, he would probably play shortstop primarily if he came to the Yankees. But, you know, LeMay, would probably continue to get a lot of time at first base because Voight's injury and injuries and health has been just a question. And um, what what team what team was like, if we get Trevor Story, we're thinking about putting him in center field. Do you remember who said that? Was that the Padres? Padres? Like, that, yeah. that's that's crazy to me. But, like, I um, think you're not, what are you doing with Fernando? You're not moving Fernando Tassis Jr. Yeah, exactly. You're going to get two Tom star shortstops. You're not trading Trevor Story within the division. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that is right. that is true. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know if I was a question there. I think that was just more of like a. a <laughs> I think that was more of just like a a point to say. I don't like. Yeah, these numbers are cool. I don't know how much they are relevant to the Yankees, where if like a team can, if a player can get moved around the lineup a bunch, but. Yeah. yeah, I think if you're acquiring a player like Trevor Story, you're slotting him in in the number three or four hole in your lineup yeah. every single day unless he needs a day off. Um, now, so what I, if now what if we took Labor Torres' stats playing at second base and factored those in? That'd uh-oh. be interesting. I mean that that's what's going to happen. That's what that's what yeah. Sean, Sean Thrillo will do. Is he'll um, you know I I worked at Baseball Prospectus for a number of years and I saw under the hood there even more than I do here at Action where yeah. they essentially go in and they say there are sixty fifty games left in the season that. We're going to project that Trevor Story is going to get 90% of the plate appearances at shortstop the rest of the year. Glaber Torres is going to get 80% of the plate appearances at second base every year. That means we're subtracting yeah. 60% of the plate appearances for Rugnet Odor and 10% of the plate appearances for, I don't know, is Tyler Wade still, you know, uh, some <laughs> some other random spot. And and then the computer spits out numbers and says, yeah. "Here's what we think is going to happen." It it doesn't always work out like that. It's more just a projection. It's uh, 
it's it's simulations over uh, you know a thousand simulations and 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 see what you get based on the averages that these players put out. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, and I this is I, nothing to do with the stats. Just kind of curious. Trevor Story played second when he first came up, right behind Tulowitzki. Did he? Maybe. I mean that would, that like would make sense with the season? timing. Trevor I'm, I'm Story has a- never played an inning at any other position, but. Shortstop or DH. Boom! Told you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe two O. Maybe two O played third or second during that time or something. Well, the the Rockies had a, you know, it was almost like a shortstop pipeline. They went from Tulo to Story, and then they were supposed to go from Story to Brendan Rodgers. And Brendan Rodgers has been playing second base, and he was the guy expected to take over for Story, but he hasn't exactly worked out yet. Yeah. Dude, Brendan Rodgers. I will say this: I watched Brendan Rodgers play in high school. That dude's a fucking animal. Yeah. I, He's going to be good. I remember seeing him get drafted and watching his like high school highlights or whatever. Yeah. Um, I watched him a pretty good year, I guess. The MLB.com. First <clears throat> high school player before I let Damon go again when I interrupted him. He's the first high school player that I watched that like stuck out. was like, holy shit. That yeah. guy is that guy's special. Sorry, carry on. No, no, I was just going to say uh, MLB.com had, like, predicts Trevor Story going to the A's at the, tread, at the deadline, which would be, it would be Maybe, really I mean, interesting. I guess that would make sense if the Rockies are going to eat some money. The A's aren't taking on any money. Yeah. I was telling, um, I you know, being from the Chicago area, being a White Sox fan, I have a lot of uh, friends who are Cubs fans and talking mm. to them about, you know, all of their selling, and, and they were – optimistic about you know trading anthony rizzo for like duran of the red Sox or or getting the top 100 guy back from whether it's for rizzo or brian or Baez, and and the the mitigating factor here in all of this is that the cubs aren't eating money the cubs are not going to eat any of those contracts because the ricketts is cry broke despite the fact that they print money and nowadays in baseball, you're not going to get any prospects unless you're willing to eat some of the contract. Even if it's just two months worth of a contract, that's how cheap these teams are. The best you can hope for as a seller in most of these cases is a lotto ticket. Some, you know, 18 year old in the Dominican league who you just project to hopefully one day become a good player five years from now. Um, you're not, no, you didn't just target Jason Dominguez. Hey, I (laughs) love Jason Dominguez. Jason Dominguez at least has been seen stateside already. That's true. Um, He's an absolute beast too. You know, and you're also talking to a guy who, um, whose favorite team traded Fernando Tessis Jr. before he came stateside (laughs) or James Shields. I was going to say, at least they got an ace in return. (laughs) (laughs) I dug up what I wrote about that trade at the time. And, you know, I was like, it makes sense. You got a solid mid rotation arm for a lotto t- ticket. You know, these guys don't pan out 90% of the time. I heard stories after the fact. I don't remember if this is on the record or not, but whatever that um, nobody in the white Sox front office, except for, I think like their head of their international scouting department had even seen Tatis jr. Play live at the time of the trade. So that's crazy. Anyway, that's quite the aside. And now I'm depressed <laughs> again. Um, <laughs> all right so uh <laughs> we'll move on um so what are your uh what are your what are your locks for tomorrow i'm gonna say take out your anger on the sports books yeah <laughs> what, are, what are colin's locks for tomorrow tomorrow is an interesting slate i would have told you about an hour ago i would have said i like the mariners 
plus 115 with Kikuchi on the mound against Jake Odorizzi. But the Mariners clubhouse seems devastated over trading Kendall Graveman. And it just completely demoralized this team after they had their biggest win of the season on Monday night. Maybe their biggest win in 20 years Monday night. As sad as that is a random July game for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in 20 years. So this morning I was all in on the Mariners as a future. The Mariners don't have their, their advanced metrics don't make any sense. But it's like the Royals when they made back-to-back World Series. It's like this like team of destiny bullshit that numbers mm. guys like me shouldn't believe in, but I totally believe in. The Mariners were a team. I was looking at them. They were plus seven fifty to make the playoffs. An hour ago, they started. They traded. You know, probably the second best reliever on the market. So I don't know what to think of the Mariners. That was just a little side because I'm really annoyed at the Seattle Mariners right now. Um, as far as actual locks tomorrow, I am a big fan of where did it go? Reds Cubs, uh, Tyler Molly against Zach Davies. The that book has opened is at almost a coin flip. The Cubs are at are minus one hundred five. The Reds are minus one fifteen. I think Molly is being insanely undervalued in the betting market right now. The dude is pitching like a legit number two starter and has been since you know, the beginning of last season, you know, he was dreadful in 2019, but his K per nine's up over 11. He cut his walk rate down. Um, the only thing that dings him is home runs. So um, I'd watch the weather at Wrigley and maybe, maybe hedge a little there if it looks like the wind's blowing out, but I really like the Reds and Molly against the Cubs tomorrow. Even after Javier Baez rode the boat against him last night. Yes. Even after Baez rode the boat and then, Sat out of the lineup tonight because he was probably going to get hit. Um, <laughs> and then I also like the Braves. The Braves I like. We didn't even talk futures. I actually like the Braves a lot. At um, I was talking futures on another podcast just this morning, and if and I was talking long shot team futures like I do with you guys so often. And the Braves are sitting there at twenty five to one right now to win the NL pennant. I'm not talking World Series here. I'm just talking NL pennant. And here's here's a good thing to think about going forward. You know that the three best teams in the National League right now are all in the NL West, the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Padres. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen is we're going to get to the playoffs. Let's say – I know the Giants are leading the division right now, but let's say the Dodgers win the NL West like everyone expects. The Giants and Padres are going to play each other in the wild card game, beat each other up. The winner of that game is going to play the Dodgers in the NLDS. They're going to beat each other up. So I think there's a ton of value in whoever you like in the Central or the East because if they make it to the NLCS, they might be playing a roughed-up NL West team, and they essentially just have to beat one, one. They have to beat each other and then get lucky against this NL West juggernaut and make it to the World Series. The Mets obviously have the lowest odds of any of the East or central team brewers are right up there now too. I think the brewers value has been lost. So if you like the Phillies or you like the Braves, they're both 25 to one. And today I put a half unit on each to win the NL pennant. So I feel like the Braves are a true, if they can get in, see what happens team. Like people say that about the Yankees, which is total bullshit because they've returned the same team four years in a row as the get in and see what happens team. I don't really, yeah, I just feel like the Braves, when people use that saying this version of the Braves 
is fits that almost to a T. Yeah. They also have a very aggressive front office. I wouldn't be surprised to see them make a move at the deadline. Um, they could use some pitching help. Ian Anderson's a legit, you know, top of the rotation type guy. Charlie Morton playoff tested number two, but they could use some help behind him. Obviously they don't have a Cunha the rest of the year, but that lineup is still deep with Freeman and with LBs. I think that their offense is good enough. And if they get a little bit of pitching help here at the deadline, um, you know, they have the best run differential still in the NL East, which is the best predictor of future success. Um, I think they're like plus 36 on this. Yeah. I think they're like plus 36 despite being a game under 500 right now, but that division's wide open. Who knows, you know, DeGrom's going to miss some time. Um, Who the hell knows what's going to happen at 25 to one, both them and the Phillies, I think are worth taking a stab at. Yeah. Phillies pitching is also kind of a toss up too with their bullpen. Yeah. And I, and yeah, and they, they could use some help. You know, they had that Tyler Anderson trade fall through at the last second today. Not that Tyler Anderson would be all that much help. They Um, fell through. Yeah, um, it's it's at least on hold at the moment. Tyler Anderson started for the Pirates, or did he? I don't remember if he started for the Pirates tonight, but um, apparently there were some medicals with one of the prospects who was going to get in the return. So that that trade has not gone through yet, and we don't know if it's going to at the time of this recording. I brought up the Braves because you asked me about tomorrow. Max Fried is plus one hundred five against the Mets, who are starting starting Tyler McGill. Um, I like that number as well if it yep. stays at plus money. Yeah. I'm big, so bra- I'm a big Braves Reds, guy. Reds and Braves. Those would be my my picks for tomorrow. Love it. Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big uh big Braves guy. They're my favorite National League team for sure. Also, I mean, shit, I kind of like your Yankees tomorrow because Michael Waka is not good. Um it's against the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> They're <laughs> yeah. plus one fifteen right now. I actually might go over there. That's juiced a little bit, minus one twenty for over eight and a half. No, oh, I got Master you. Cortez is on the mound. That's going under. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be a yeah nine inning shutout. Master <laughs> Cortez. Uh, this is just absolutely thrilling for your listeners, but I'll tell you that Nestor Cortez is the ace of the 2026 Milwaukee Brewers in my out of the park online franchise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. Guy. So. I'm all about Nestor Cortez. He's the ace of the 2021 Yankees, apparently. So. <laughs> He's Fitting. so hard to hate. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. We got. We got anything else? We wrapping this up. That's about all I got. Um. Unless you got got something. Colin, that's all the magic we got for tonight. Yeah. That's that's um. That about does it. Uh, all right. Bet the Phillies and stay on Twitter and and watch trades. Set up yeah. your. your- and Rosenthal tweet alerts. That's all I'm going to be doing for the next couple of watch days. Watch trades. We got watch trades. We got the Reds. We got the Braves tomorrow. We got Braves Phillies futures. Maybe we got maybe the Blue Jays value pick for the um, for the, the playoff spot. A lot, a lot of good things going on. Um, if you want to track our picks and more specifically, if you want to track Collins picks, um, go down on the Action Network app. Go to uh, actionnetwork.com forward slash app download it follow us all of our descriptions will be in the podcast um all of our descriptions will be in the podcast description it's a, it's a mouthful um but anyway yeah colin as always appreciate you coming on and we'll uh we'll see you next time thanks guys talk to you soon all the guys at 161st street i just have two words for you see ya <laughs> <laughs>